I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the wonderful sounds of nature. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, The Wrestling Life. Everybody, it's the Wrestling Life. It is episode 224. It is January the 23rd, 2020. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many, many things that we can't talk about. We know since that since we made the podcast available on Spotify that we have some new listeners, so just by means of introduction, I'm Ethan. I'm an, an editor at WrestlingObserver.com. And I'm Liam. I uh, run our Twitter account at TWL underscore podcast. I've also done some uh, a little bit of writing. You can find some stuff and reports I've submitted at uh, on the Torch site and, in fact, on the Observer site occasionally as well. So, uh, yeah, we've, uh, you know, we're, we're longtime fans and you do this professionally for your job. So. You know, there are there were it's an opinion show, of course, but they are in fact educated opinions. So there you go. Thank you, new listener, uh, for joining us, and uh, thank you, Spotify, for replying to my <laughs> tech support ticket uh, like five days later last week. That was awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. It's Royal Rumble week, and it's Worlds Collide week, and. There was, it's Jericho Cruise Week and uh, Wednesday Night War Week. And I think Liam actually watched some of Monday Night Raw this week. And yeah, uh, SmackDown was uh, an, an abomination last week. So we have no shortage of things to talk about. Uh, SmackDown, uh, it was, feels like it was 15 years ago. And uh, it was pretty bad. And uh, all it did was set up a false count anywhere match between Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin at the Royal Rumble this Sunday. So I think that's about all we need to touch on there. Monday Night Raw. Liam, what did you think of Raw? I didn't think it was a bad show. Like, uh, before I sort of quit watching Raw for a few months, those shows were pretty rough and really tough to get through. By and large, the two Raws that I have watched in... uh, in the last month or so, I have thought these are fine shows. Of course, it's too long. It's always too long. But for the most part, I was not offended by any of the show. They're setting up stuff. They're plugging some stuff. And I will say, for this being a go-home show, and obviously I guess they still have the SmackDown to, uh, this coming Friday where they can plug more stuff, but for a go-home Raw... I didn't think we didn't get like the big hard sell for the rumble. There weren't a lot of video packages. There weren't a lot of big dramatic angles like Brock Lesnar was on the show and they plugged that he's going to be in the rumble. And I thought the Becky, uh, Becky Lynch and Oscar stuff was, was well done. And it was very simple, but it was a, a by the book go home segment. But for the rest of the show, it was just kind of a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and I think we talked a little bit about this before we came on the air, but I feel like maybe that wouldn't be the case, and maybe it would be easier to have like a traditional go-home show if there was like a top direction 
<laughs> or like a program for the for the world title or yeah. like you know, you know there was any clear direction uh on, on raw beyond let's just do three hours worth of stuff every week <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and to your point i believe we discussed this a little bit last week but it really doesn't feel like even that anybody's really been heated up to like where it feels like oh we've got some contenders for who's going to win the rumble match like yeah drew mcintyre's gotten some wins here and there but then he got laid out by randy orton on on monday and it's like i guess by default like owens and joe are your are your top baby faces on raw right now but they're kind of in this tag team thing with with rollins and and his crew so it doesn't really feel like any of them are being positioned for like a world title feud. Um, and, and aside from that, I guess, I guess there's like Alistair Black, but he still very, very much feels like a long-term project. Um, so it doesn't feel like they're heating him up to be like, you know, a surprise rumble winner or a world beater just yet either. So it's, it even, even the segments that are theoretically, again, nothing necessarily wrong with them. It didn't feel like, oh, we're really getting giving you the hard push. Oh man, this guy's got to be a favorite to win the rumble. No one has expressed an interest in winning the championship. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't isn't that a little strange? Like the champ is around; he's been on the show three weeks in a row. And I guess they did the confrontation with Ricochet with him this week, where they made Ricochet look like a geek. But yes. Uh, no one else expresses any interest in a title match with the champion or steps up to the champion and challenges him or <laughs> he just comes out and he does his, his talking segment and then uh, and then we go on with our lives. Right. He does comedy with our truth and then <laughs> unintentional comedy with Ricochet. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, he just he just moves on. And again, I don't really feel like they've even adequately, like even the announcers aren't really speculating like <laughs> what it would mean if Brock wins the rumble. Like, does he challenge Bray Wyatt if he wins? Does right. he just retire? <laughs> like what, what happens if he, the, because like, it's not like the rumble is for the belt. Uh, so it's like, well, well, what's like, what happens if Brock wins isn't, hasn't really been discussed. Yeah, that's a that's a hole in the story. <laughs> this is a pretty pretty glaring hole in the story. <laughs> I was thinking about this further as we were kind of breaking down Monday Night Raw, and it feels to me, and I think one of the reasons maybe why, beyond what we've already stated, why it's so difficult, um, or why this was not a traditional like hard sell before a pay per view show, is because. There are, it feels like there are many cooks in the kitchen and each cook like brings their dish to the table every Monday. And mm-hmm. I assume that that, that that that's, you know, the different writers or whatever. They have their own, they're compartmentalized and they work on their story and then they pitch their story and their story gets on the air. And so you have, you know, your six, six or eight stories or whatever that are on the show every week. But there's no one unified vision or one agreed upon plan or direction that is like the thread that runs through all of these things. Right. <laughs> and, so, and so it feels like just kind of a disjointed 
um, thing on three hours of disjointed stories that are not really connected to each other every week. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know that we need to go back to the Vince Verso days where everyone on the card had to have a storyline. And there was, you know, a pair of security guards who would team <laughs> would eventually become a tag team. But but I do feel like everything just feels like a disjointed, disconnected, no one thread running through everything mess. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really fair point. And, and right, like you said, not doesn't mean you need to do over the top soap opera e stuff with every single person on the roster or shove everybody onto every show every week. But yeah, I think the real lack of any sort of direction for, for your undercard, like who, who's the U S champion. Can you, Oh, it's Andrade. Yeah. Okay. So I guess he's set up something with Humberto Carrillo. Um, but like, I don't know. That doesn't, again, that's not feels like a TV program. While you ready him for whoever the next actual challenger is going to be, so it's it's also sort of like segregation, as only the uh, Latino guys can only fight each other. As Andrade's been feuding with Humberto Carrillo and Rey Mysterio, and before that, Sin Cara for like the last six months. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All the Latino guys only fight each other. (laughs) It's, It's like a Bill Watts territory. Oh boy. <laughs> well, that's I mean, that's what Bill did, right? I mean Yeah. <laughs> they can team or they can fight each other. Those are the only options. Alright. <laughs> this is it's a little bit uncomfortable, but but accurate. But accurate. Alright, uh Wednesday Night Ward this week. Dynamite is the show that I watch because I have to watch it, and NXT is the show that I'm gonna be watching when we get off the air here. Uh, so please just don't please don't spoil the Io Shirai Tony Storm match for me. But uh, I know that Keith Lee won the North American title on NXT, and John Moxley, who was already the number one contender, uh, won the number one contender ship on <laughs> on the Jericho ship. So um, I have thoughts on Dynamite. Which show did you watch this week? Um, I, as usual, I kind of flip back and forth between the two. I probably watched more Dynamite than NXT. I did. Uh, I did see a fair amount of NXT though. I liked uh, the Shayna Baszler promo and match they did with her and Shotzi Blackheart. I uh, I did. I did enjoy the what I saw of the main event of of Roderick Strong and uh, and Keith Lee. Um, again, it's weird because that show's setting up like. We've talked about this for the last few weeks. They're setting up things for Worlds Collide, which is this weekend. They're setting up stuff for the Portland Takeover, which is next month. And they're just setting up stuff for, like, next week's TV, because the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Classic Finals are just on NXT next week. So it's a lot, uh, you know, it's a very scatterbrained show, as we've discussed over the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that much is clear. And also, I'm going to have to start setting my DVR longer because, I guess, to to uh, to goose the rating, we have to go longer than nine minutes past the top of the hour now. If we're if we're NXT, yeah, <laughs> we can't we can't win 
head to head. So we'll just make the show longer and go like 15 unopposed minutes and try to <laughs> raise the overall average of the show that way. <laughs> Doing all this for 800,000 viewers. <laughs> it's 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 silly i mean like i understand why they're doing it if you're gonna do that though why don't you just go nine to eleven yeah why not it's, it's like usually that ten that whatever's on at the 10 o'clock hour it's usually either like a wwe documentary or Ms. and mrs or, or whatever it's not like usa has like a regular show that comes on after nxt every week it's like right. it's something it's like it, just go nine to eleven like it's Ugh, drives me insane. Well, it drove me insane last week when the, my DVR cut off the end of the show. But uh, yeah, so we have the uh, Worlds Collide show coming up this Saturday. As you mentioned, there's 50 million shows. Um, let's see. Of course, I'm not prepared for this. And so I had the Royal Rumble uh, card in <laughs> front of me. Okay, I have Worlds Collide here. So I guess we can run down that real quick. Um, Mia Yim versus Kaylee Ray. That's just a match. DIY versus Mustache Mountain. That should tear the freaking house down. Yeah, I would imagine so. That sounds. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 they don't, you almost expect something would have to have gone wrong. Yes. Uh, Angel Garza versus Isaiah Scott. Jordan Devlin and Travis Banks in a four way for the cruiserweight title. Finn Balor versus Dragonoff. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm for the women's title. Uh, why Tony is challenging for the well, I don't know. I don't know if that I thought. Well, you thought, and then I agreed with you uh, that that they were moving her to the American NXT brand permanently when they went to eight o'clock on Wednesday nights, and it sure seemed that way. And then she was on the UK pay per view um, earlier this month, and. UK television and it doesn't seem like I don't know I guess we'll know if she wins the title on Saturday but obviously I'm interested in what's going on with Tony Storm do you have a, a uh, any any do you have any anything to add uh, not really I mean I, I it's interesting because again they've already had Bianca Belair win a number one contendership for the Portland takeover so uh, you could maybe imagine her getting involved somewhere in there. Um, and then you have like people like Shayna and Io Shirai still hanging around. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty stacked division right now. But it, um, I, yeah, I imagine this will be a really good match either way. And then Imperium versus the Undisputed Era in an eight-man tag. Um, I mean, it should be a good match, but there's not like any... Like, I'm going to watch this show. I'm going to enjoy it. But beyond Mustache Mountain against uh, 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 DIY, there's nothing like that I'm that I feel like is absolutely must see on this show. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be lots of good wrestling as there always is. And uh, I, I don't very often get to see the NXT UK show because life's just too short. But, um, it's I, I every time I watch it, I, I see good wrestling and I see, you know, it's it's a very simple, easy to watch show, but it's really hard to feel like it matters. And we I mean, we've talked about that when they do the Survivor Series show every year, 
even with the kind of shot in the arm of involving NXT in it this year, I still think the brand versus brand stuff is never very interesting. So yeah. as much as I am sure all of these matches will be at worst good, uh, it's hard to necessarily get super excited about them because there's really nothing on the line, with the exception, I guess, of the of the Rhea Ripley match, which maybe will inform uh, Tony Storm's direction going forward, which I, which I know you're... <laughs> you're very uh, passionate about. <laughs> All right. Royal Rumble is coming up on Sunday. Oh, did you have any AEW thoughts before we, as we wrap the uh, Wednesday night stuff? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I thought it was a good show. Uh, I thought the wrestling was not anywhere near as spectacular as it usually is, just because they were on a cruise ship, and... <laughs> It seemed like they, they were pretty limited on what they could do. So, I, like, I didn't think anything was, like, glaringly terrible on the show. I thought the, the Britt Baker-Priscilla Kelly match was probably below average. Like, I, I see how they lay out Britt's matches, and I'm like, you know, these are laid out really well. And they have a, they have a lot of really good ideas, but, like, she's executing the spots in slow motion because she's had, like, 100 matches in her life. You know what I mean? So, right. <laughs> like, she's going to be good one day, but we're just watching her learn on na- on national television. So, but beyond yeah. that, beyond that, I thought all the wrestling was solid, but nothing was spectacular. What did you think? Yeah, I would I uh, agree with most of that. I was a little surprised that they changed the titles. Um but obviously, I guess they have a a long term idea for this for this hangman stuff. So, gotcha. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> um, I mean, what's well, like what's well, the thing? It's like you would imagine this ends with hangman going heel, but he single handedly in a fair fight <laughs> beat up both the tag team champions and won by himself tonight. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there's some crazy. Du- maybe it's all a a double swerve and he won't turn at the end of it, but. Um. Yeah, I thought that was. Uh, I. I mean, like I said, I thought that was an enjoyable match. I liked the, uh, the Cody and MJF promo and the Young Bucks. And like, I'm always going to enjoy it when a wrestler takes a bump into any sort of body of water. Like that's never not great. Oh yeah, classic stuff. But uh, yeah, I, like I, I didn't think it was a great show, but I like it's a very unique environment. Obviously, having a wrestling show on a cruise ship, and you know, it reminds you of the you know the nitros from uh, from Club Lavella or you know the old the the first one where they were in a mall. Just these like random locations for wrestling shows, or like when Shotgun Saturday Night was in like a subway station or something like that. It's like sometimes it's just cool to see a wrestling show in a non-normal location. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. Um, all right, Royal Rumble. Um, Royal Rumble is this Sunday. They're doing it from Baseball Stadium, home of the Houston Astros. <laughs> Any news about the Astros lately? <laughs> you know, this company they just managed to get in. <laughs> they go and they get into business. <laughs> Their big business partnerships for the last twelve months are with. The, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia <laughs> and the Houston Astros. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you kidding me? Anyway, um, 
feel like I could I could easily do an hour on the Houston Astros right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll spare everyone that. All right, let's just let's run down the undercard here real quick. Uh, as we mentioned, Andrade is wrestling Umberto Carrillo for the United States title. Um, I like Umberto Carrillo a lot, but um, Andrade feels like a, a an act on the rise right now, and Umberto Carrillo still feels like a guy that Vince is going to give up on in a couple weeks. And so, you know, uh, I would lean towards Andrade here. Do you have a thought one way or the other? Yeah, I imagine Andrade will win, perhaps in an underhanded manner, and then we'll get rematches on television, because that's generally how things go in WWE. But, um, no, I, yeah, it it certainly seems, and again, that speaks to WWE being, even though the shows maybe haven't been, you know, lighting your world on fire great, you can see clearly there are guys, like we mentioned with Aleister Black and Drew McIntyre, and Andrade, they're like, okay, there's some people that they're trying to build into something right now. Now, there's, as you mentioned, there's always the chance that the guy in charge will get bored and decide to job any number of them out to Randy Orton. But <laughs> uh, at least for the moment, yeah, it certainly feels like Andrade is a higher priority on this show than Humberto. Bailey versus Lacey Evans for the SmackDown Women's title. We were also discussing in our uh, pre-show, 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 pre-show meeting this week that they killed Seth Rollins as a babyface and they cooled off Becky Lynch as a babyface by putting them in a program with with Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans last summer. And now... Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans are basically each in the top male and top female program on SmackDown. So sure are. And Seth Rollins has turned heel and is somehow less over as a heel than he was as a baby face that people had turned on. (laughs) And people still like Becky, but they also didn't have a program for her for like the last four months of last year. <laughs> Wild. So I guess it pays to be tall and or blonde is yeah. the lesson here. Yeah, that's uh, about the law of averages. Um, I mean, yeah, they, <laughs> I, I think from a, a logic standpoint, I think this Bailey and Sasha versus Lacey thing has been fine from what I've seen. Uh, I like that they gave, they tried to give people a reason because so often when they turn somebody, they just, they're wrestling. It's like, oh, someone turned babyface. Well, how do you know they're babyface? Well, they're wrestling heels now. Right. And with this case, it was like they made like a, a concerted effort that like, People like uh, you know Sasha got in the face of Lacey's child, and uh, and so Lacey is now you know the mama bear protecting you know fighting for her family. That works. That works for me. Now the delivery of certain promos or certain segments maybe are still clunky. I don't know why Dana Brooke pinned Sasha Banks on TV the other week. Like what that had to do with any of this, but um, yeah, I think. 
I appreciate that they're at least trying to give people a reason to want to cheer Lacey Evans besides the fact that she is wrestling other heels now. Sure. Uh, Shorty G. (laughs) Hey, we'll take what we can get. Sure. Shorty G versus Sheamus. That's like a rib on me, personally. I feel this match is. Did you see see on SmackDown last week where Sheamus cut a promo on Shorty G for being short that was like, word for word, the exact promo that Baron Corbin cut on Shorty G all last fall? I didn't, but that that sounds about right. Shorty G was doing a promo backstage with one of the backstage interviewers, and Sheamus walked uh-huh. up and was like, hey, hey, has anyone seen Shorty G? And it's like, we've done, we've, I've seen this before, just with a different tall guy. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's all, that's the only story that they can tell <laughs> with a smaller wrestler. Even though, as people have pointed out, he's not even, like, the smallest guy on SmackDown. Like... Like, at worst, he is the same size as, like, Ali and Drew Gulak, and probably Daniel Bryan, for that matter. And yet, he's nicknamed Shorty and has to wrestle all the big guys where he puts on a valiant effort and then loses clean. Which reminds me, Rusev and Lim Morgan lost in the main event of Raw this week because this this Lashley and Rusev feud... It's one it's one of the worst views I've ever seen because the babyface except for the big wedding the babyface has been humiliated at every turn and loses every match of the feud. Yeah. <laughs> but as we've discussed it's fun I find this feud fascinating because it's impossible to tell whether or not they're punishing Rusev for something <laughs> or if it's just how they book. Yeah. Yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> like you said, if you're trying to read the tea leaves to determine, are they mad at Rusev for taking time off? Did Rusev take time off that he got a, he got the blessing for and everything's totally fine? Is Rusev's contract running out? Did Rusev sign a new 24-year contract? <laughs> it's impossible to tell from the booking just because they might either be really happy with him or they're really angry with him or both. Right, you just you can never tell. It's pretty clear though that they're that the revival are <laughs> have not re-signed anything. Yeah, <laughs> they're uh, they're humiliated on television every week. So, well, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> Roman Reigns versus King Corbin falls count anywhere. I I don't know, man. I don't know why we're still doing this. These guys have been feuding since <laughs> the Truman administration. Like, yeah. and uh, like as you mentioned, like Corbin, going back over a year now when he was the general manager, they blamed him for the show being terrible, and then they just kept pushing him, and then they drafted him to the other show and made him king of the ring, and just kept pushing him. But they know there's again, they're smart enough to know that he isn't enough. He can't be a top heel on his own. So they have to keep shoving people into him. So right now it's it's Rob Rude and, and Dolph Ziggler. And so we just have to have these it's just Roman versus three guys forever. 
because we don't have any real top heels. Right. Right. And you would think, ostensibly, the Universal Champion, who's, I guess, supposed to be a heel, Bray Wyatt, even though he's the most over baby face in the company. Right. You would think that maybe he would be the top heel on the show. But it's like, no, the, 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 the heel champion is not the top heel. And Daniel Bryan, the babyface going for the title, is not the top babyface. It's mm-hmm. like the Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns have been the focus of this show for like three months. Yeah, and that I mean, that always begs the question. If they're going to be the focus, why <laughs> one of them the champ? Exactly. Like, it's just, just who, who cares? What's the difference? Yeah, I don't know why we had to, yeah. Why is the, the Fiend should be, you know. I'm not going to fantasy. The Fiend is a poor man's psycho clown anyway. And <laughs> um, he doesn't even, des- I'm not even going to mention him in the same breath as Murder Clown. But um, he's a poor man's psycho clown and he doesn't, he doesn't need that. He certainly doesn't need the belt to do wacky skits backstage. Right. But uh, here we are. Tell, tell me this. What's the best name for a professional wrestler ever and why is it Murder Clown? <laughs> There it is. <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Oscar for the Raw Women's title. WWE backstage is like one of the most unwatchable of the WWE shows. <laughs> but I watch it out of support for Renee Young. And this week they had Becky Lynch on. And Becky was really good in talking about kind of the mechanics of this feud and how she wants to make Oscar look like a monster and all this sort of stuff. And it was actually kind of worth going anyway to see. Uh, but, you know, the story is Becky hasn't beaten Asuka going back to last year's Royal Rumble. Right. And I don't know. You got a feeling one way or the other. I mean, I think you still think they're doing Becky and Stephanie at WrestleMania. I do, yes. <laughs> so I would assume Becky ain't going to lose the title, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if they do that, that means... Honestly, what I would do if you're doing that match is Stephanie should win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. And it, honestly, people like she hasn't been on TV for long enough that people might pop for it. So again, if if it can't be good, you want it to be funny. Correct. <laughs> I'm not saying that I think Stephanie versus Becky would be like a great program. I think Stephanie in small doses can be a very effective heel. Like I thought she was really good in the Ronda feud a couple of years ago. Um, but so I'm not saying, I don't think it would be a terrible thing either for her to be with Becky, but um, I don't know. I, I'm just saying if they, if they cool. do that match and it's for the belt, then I think Stephanie should win the Royal rumble because that's the funniest route to go to get to that match for me. All right. Uh, strap match Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan <laughs> like strap match is one of the worst stipulations ever and then the WWE way that they typically do it where you have to like touch all four corners of the ring or whatever mm-hmm. is is even worse um, and it's already impossible to have a good match with the Fiend <laughs> so <laughs> they, they've really they've put Daniel Bryan in an absolutely impossible bind here yeah, it's funny because like he's such a like weird creative guy, Daniel Bryan. He's always trying to challenge himself and want to evolve. He did an interview this week where he talked about one how in that segment where the Fiend pulled him under the ring, they actually really cut his hair on the spot. 
so that the fiend could pull hair out of the hole in the ground or whatever. And then also he was talking about how he didn't want to go back to the yes chance because he was more interested in doing more of the environmentalist stuff and, and maybe doing maybe even going a completely different direction from all of it. But that WWE wanted him to do the safe thing. So, I mean, this is like, this is a very interesting puzzle you've set up for him. If you want to look (laughs) at it on the bright side, like, can you, as Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, one of the, you know, one of the best wrestlers of your generation, figure out a way to have a good match that's a strap match, which is a stiff that sucks, with a guy who has never had a good match? <laughs> Can you do it? It's it's something. I mean, I think the Fiend still wins, right? I would assume so. I mean, look, if if it were up to me, like the only thing that they could put together, I think with the full timers on SmackDown right now that I would be interested in is a Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan match. So I would love to see Daniel Bryan just win the belt and have Roman and him wrestle at WrestleMania. I think that would be really fun, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I think we're probably getting Roman and the fiend. So, yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, all right. Women's Royal Rumble so far. Five competitors have been announced. <laughs> Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, and Nikki Crows, Sarah Logan, and Natalia. I think the Sasha five. Banks. Yes. I think Sasha Banks is gonna win the Royal Rumble. What do you think? Um I think Stephanie McMahon's gonna win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Alright, I'm not gonna argue with you. Alright, now we have Five of the 30 women announced for the, for the Royal <laughs> Rumble. We have 25 of the 30 men announced. And they are R-Truth, the, uh, Big E and Kofi Kingston, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, and Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura and Braun Strowman, Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black, Bob Lashley and Rusev, Tucker and Otis, Dolph Ziggler, King Corbin, Elias, Drew McIntyre, Rick O'Shea, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Eric Rowan, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar. We have five mystery slots there. I think one of them goes to Matt Riddle. And then I guess there's kind of the elephant in the room that we haven't really been we haven't really discussed on this show to my memory. And it's like there's a lot of smoke to the edges coming back fire. Yeah, I think we discussed it when it was like when whatever it first when that first rumor came up like last fall that he was like in Pittsburgh randomly. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. not not since like the rumors kind of kicked back up about him being in the Rumble. Yeah, so it sure seems like there's a lot of smoke to that fire. I I think there's enough that I expect Edge to be in this match, but I don't expect him to win it. Um I, I don't know. Uh, do you think we get Edge on Sunday? I, it's tough because, like, if you say yes and then he doesn't show up, you're almost disappointing yourself because I, you know, I'm a big fan of Edge and it'd be great if he had this, like, storybook comeback after thinking he'd never work again. But, I mean, yeah, I feel like the fact that, I think there's a chance. I think there's a really good chance. And and it's one of those things where, like, if he's coming back, it's going to be here. Right. So I think 
that makes sense. I think there's at least a chance that we might see uh, one William Goldberg. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Him and him and Roman were uh, were were tweeting at each other this week. Um, which it, now that I think about it, is probably more to set up for the Saudi show in February than mm. for WrestleMania or anything. But if anything, but uh, but I, I think I could I could see Bill being a being a surprise there. And then yeah, whatever the other slots, you could probably just throw in a couple NXT guys in there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And as far as winners go. Uh, I'm going Drew McIntyre because it's the only guy that even remotely has kind of been elevated at all lately. <laughs> Do you have a feeling one way or the other on a potential winner? Uh, I'm just going to go with Roman because that's like, you know, if you had your bets, like if you guess Randy Orton or Roman Reigns, I feel like you have a decent chance of being right. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's probably right. Randy, they did push on TV that Randy Orton would be would join Steve Austin as the only time, only three time winner of the Rumble if he were to win on Sunday. Jeez, like why would you, why would you make a point to bring that up? <laughs> oh, you know who wasn't on the list uh, that I just gave you? Kane. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure Kane's going to be in the Rumble. I feel like you talked about being in the Rumble in that segment on uh, last Friday. See, I missed the segment. I turned on SmackDown nine minutes in or whatever, and so I missed the segment with Kane, my least favorite wrestler. So, (laughs) funny how that funny how that worked out. Yeah, yeah, it's a (laughs) funny bit of fortune there. But (laughs) yeah, I don't think he officially said I'm in it because otherwise, I'm sure he'd be on the list. But I feel like he talked about the Royal Rumble, so. I could see that, and I mean, maybe maybe the large show uh, comes back and eliminates Seth Rollins or something. All right, that would be funny. So we have we have five slots, and we've already fantasy booked Kane, Big Show, <laughs> Matt Riddle, Goldberg, Edge. Who else am I missing? Actually, that's only five. So actually, yeah. I think we're, good. we're good to this point. I think we All figured right. it out. <laughs> so, sorry, Champa. Kane's Kane's got your spot this year. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my gosh. No room uh, for you, Pete Dunn. And there's there's twenty-five potential <laughs> potential surprises on the women's side. <laughs> sure. Uh old Amy third place. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like the late after that first year was like nothing but legends and cameos. Yeah. Last year barely had any. Yeah. So maybe you find a happy medium in there this year and you get you yeah, you get a Lita or a a Molly Holly or somebody in there. Um somebody like that that or have, they haven't announced a woman for the Hall of Fame this year yet, have they? Um not to my knowledge. I think it's just Batista and the NWO have it announced, right? Okay. So maybe like if there's if whoever they're gonna induct can still work at all. Maybe like maybe Kelly Kelly will be in it this year. <laughs> I I bet Kelly could still work. Yeah, I mean she can still do that that head scissors thing that she would do. <laughs> All right, it's getting a little uncomfortable for some reason. All right, I almost right. met Kelly Kelly in a Kmart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually 
together drove to a Kmart <laughs> in a like way out of the way, like not in a, not in a not near either of our homes <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to uh, to meet Kelly Kelly the day that Daniel Bryan won the uh, world heavyweight title. That's right. Yeah, but we were like we were just in in line, like just after the end of the line, and they had a hard out at like yes. three p.m. or something. So yes, they were they were out of there immediately and uh, didn't get to meet them. But then yeah, we went to the sh- the, the TLC show in Baltimore that night, and uh, Daniel Bryan won the world title. So there's there's that story. <laughs> there's that little bit of flavor to uh to end the show this week yeah i saw i saw kelly kelly at wrestlecon last year mm-hmm. and uh my wife was like are you gonna get a picture with kelly kelly and i was like no because i'd like to stay married <laughs> <laughs> like like there would be no reason to get a picture with kelly kelly other than you know this is a good looking blonde lady mm-hmm. and uh i've decided to stay married so well, there you go. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, anything else you want to get into, or should we wrap it up? No, I. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be a, a fun weekend. Hopefully, the show's a little a little shorter than it was last year. And uh, yeah, it's it's still Royal Rumble. Royal Rumbles are hard to not have fun, even if it's not always the result you want, or you didn't get the big surprise return you were hoping for. Generally, you know, the worst Royal Rumble is still a decent time. All right. Till next time, everybody. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. All right, there's two things I need to get your uh, take on very quickly here. LOL. And that's... uh, Tulsi Gabbard suing Hillary Clinton for $50 million for defamation and Hillary Clinton going on the record and trashing Bernie Sanders. To what end? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the Bernie thing, I guess she's trying to drum up interest in her uh, <laughs> Hulu documentary. And I mean, clearly she really hates him. And I think in her brain, She's convinced herself that, like, he's why she lost. And hmm. and so, um, which is funny because, like, there's a letter <laughs> that the Sanders campaign has has shared of that Hillary sent him after he did, like, 40 campaign stops for her. <laughs> um, like, thanking him for all his hard work and and stuff like that. So that's funny. Um uh, and so, yeah, I, I guess it's just to drum up support and cause I, I think she really hates him. I think she really feels like he hurt her campaign by having the temerity to 
suggest that things could be slightly better, I guess. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the Tulsi thing, it's like, well, that's that sounds that's to me is just a Tulsi Gabbard trying to keep Tulsi Gabbard's name in the in the news cycle. But I don't know. Yeah. It's, also, it's not. I imagine being called a Russian asset or whatever is not pleasant. And I'm sure that subjects you to a certain type of weirdo <laughs> um, <laughs> that you are forced to interact with once uh, the hashtag, the queen of the hashtag resistance has declared you a Russian asset. I'm sure there's some unique stuff. So I don't like, I don't blame her for being pissed off, but I think she's just doing it because, you know, nobody nobody cares <laughs> about her running for president and she's gotta she's gotta set up whatever her next thing's gonna be. Sure. I mean it's Fox News commentator, right? Yes. She'll be the sensible Democrat that comes on to <laughs> agree with all of the uh the fascists that the liberals have gone too far this time. I try to keep on keeping on. 